Brilliant. Well, it wouldn't be summer without a bit of tennis, and there's plenty about at the moment. Of course, our own uh, ASB Classic is firing up very shortly, as well as the Australian Open. And jo- to joining us, rather, to talk about all things tennis is Brett Phillips out of Australia. G'day, Brett. How are you getting on this morning? Uh, good morning, uh, gentlemen. Uh, going uh, very nicely. Blue skies in Melbourne. Uh, the summer of tennis, yeah, well, has officially started, even though we haven't ticked into uh, 2023 with this new uh, United Cup, which uh, launched... Uh, yesterday across Sydney, uh, Brisbane and Perth. So, yeah, the players are here. Uh, Adelaide, a couple of big weeks. You mentioned in your neck of the woods a couple of really big weeks in uh, Auckland. So, yeah, all uh, leading up to the Australian Open in a couple of weeks. Let's start with the United Cup. Um, For those of us who haven't been watching and would like to know a little bit more, how's it working across three different cities and, and what's the format entail? Yeah, I suppose just a little bit of background. Obviously, we had, uh, you know, the Hopman Cup for about, what, 30 years. Mm. Uh, Paul McNamee was the founder of that out of Perth. And it was one of those rare opportunities where the men and the women actually, uh, you know, came together and, and played in that mixed uh, format. The Hopman Cup uh, went by the wayside, although it is coming back uh, in 2023, not under the Tennis Australia banner, but it was replaced by the ATP Cup uh, three years ago for the men. So in that, um, you know, once again, team format, but... Uh, unlike the Hopman, it was significant uh, prize money and also rankings points were actually attached. If it hadn't have been for COVID, they would have brought the women into play uh, going back two years ago. So, you know, this is this is all about trying to bring the men's and the women's game closer. There's been talk of the ATP and the WTA potentially merging for two or three years and becoming one entity. This is maybe a step. And look, I, I didn't mind it yesterday so you've got 18 nations Mm. Uh, obviously the teams uh, are selected based on the singles ranking of uh, the the top male uh, top female and it's you know it's basically best of five in in different groups you've got three uh, nations in each group so Australia uh, were playing Great Britain last night they're in the same group as Spain there are four singles matches and then you know uh, potentially deciding mixed doubles to um, you know decide the tie and then obviously the Final four teams out of the 18 will be in the semi-finals in in Sydney. So, yeah, the ATP Cup was launched across the three cities. Obviously, COVID sort of condensed it to Melbourne and Sydney the last two years. But it's great to have some tennis back in Perth who who love their tennis and they're still uh, miffed that the Hopman Cup's not around. And, And great to have some tennis back in Brisbane, which is you know, got a terrific facility there at the Pat Rafter Arena. So, yeah, Australia not off to a great start last night. But, I mean... Look, some of the teams aren't great on paper, uh, but I don't mind it. It's sort of putting some players on a stage that they've never been before, which is great, and that can bring out the best of them, and it shows the margins in tennis can be pretty small. But, you know, a guy like Stefano Sitsipas, the world number four in Perth yesterday, was uh, brilliant in, in beating the former world number three, Grigor Dimitrov. That was a quality match uh, just to get a bit of rust out to start the season. You must get sick of talking about Kyrgios, <laughs> particularly at Never. this time of year. <laughs> particularly at this time of year, right? Eh? Uh, look, mate, he's, uh, is there anything? Is this just a bit of smoke, um, him pulling out of this tournament? Uh, Leighton Hewitt seems to like to stick the boot in every opportunity he gets. Oh, yes, I'm never sick of talking about uh, about Nick. I know, look, it's the, it's the cycle that um, just uh, keeps, you know, keeps on giving, to be totally honest. I've had, you know, 10 years of covering uh, Nick. And, look, you've got to call it as you see it. And, uh, look, he played some great tennis in 2022, there's no doubt. Uh, but he is a man to his own uh, self. He goes by the beat of his own drum. You know, he's really not embraced uh, playing uh, you know, as part of the Australian teams the last uh, three years. He hasn't played Davis Cup. So 
I think we're, you know, and this is this is Leighton's, you know, bread and butter. I mean, he bled for Australia, so he can't, he can't get his head around anyone who doesn't want to put on the green and gold. So he didn't play Davis Cup when we could have won it, um, you know, back in late November. Goes and plays a couple of exhibitions over in uh, the Middle East where he pocketed a nice little sum, um, rolled the ankle, came back to Sydney, trained, didn't think he was 100%. But I think uh, certainly where Leighton was miffed last night in, in talking to the media here was the lack of communication. Uh, when, you, when you're part of a team environment, uh, you're affecting others. So Jason Kubler, who was the alternate singles player, is thinking he's probably not playing this week. And all of a sudden, OK, I've got to get into match mode and, and get my head around that. So... Yeah, I'd look, you know, Nick, uh, the relationship with Hewitt, the relationship with Tennis Australia, I think um, is not the absolute best. Uh, it's an interesting one with the Australian players because they actually spend not a lot of time here in Australia to be embraced. Uh, mm. I mean, they're on the road for 10, 11 months. We only get a small window here to really embrace and get behind them. But look, there'll be people who will be flocking to Kyrgios' matches wherever he goes. Um, but he... Um, finds a way to get into the headlines, that's for sure. Yeah, do you think that that would impact his selection going forward? I mean, you can't have people pulling out on the on the no. eve of the tournament, can you? No, no, not at all. I mean, this is the dilemma for uh, for Leighton Hewitt. And, you know, I've, I've questioned the last few years, well, what is the exact relationship between these two? Because if you watched how Leighton went about his career and how Nick goes about his career, um, I, I can't. I, I could never see those two being totally uh, on song. But at the end of the day, Leighton Hewitt's job is to win, you know, the Davis Cup in particular, which he's so affiliated with. So he wants to pick his best team, and pound for pound, as we know, he's, he's our best player. Uh, but you've got to sort of, you know, uh, deal with the baggage around that as well. But I think if you start pulling out uh, more often than not, uh, there'll probably be a line put through. But this is the thing, you know, you want to win, you want your best, and sometimes, probably wrongly, um, you know, rules are uh, you know, made exceptions of, you know, with, with great players. Yeah, just looking a bit closer to us, in fact, we're on the very same road that the ASB Classic will be played on um, in not too, the not-too-distant future. A tremendous field, particularly on the women's side of the draw, um, some, some superstars of the game. How is the ASB Classic here in New Zealand viewed on the circuit? Like, where, where does it sit in the hierarchy and how do players sort of use that tournament? Well, I think yeah, look, it is great to great to have it back. I mean, it's been it's been a long, uh, long time tournament on the men's and the women's side, back to back. I love the little boutique setting there in mm. in Auckland. The fans are right on top of the action, and you know, at this stage of the year, when the players are coming off, uh, well, the women have a, a longer break. Yeah, the men not so much. It's such a short off season, but they need to get matches under their belt to lead into the Australian Open, and particularly for those you know, down the pecking order a little bit. I mean, just to win any title is significant. There are players who go through their whole career not winning an mm. ATP or a WTA singles title. So they cherish those. And, you know, from here onwards, uh, the players want to be absolutely cherry right for Melbourne. So you want to be going as, you know, as deep as you can into some of these tournaments. So every stop on the tour is, is really, really important uh, for the players. And there are players who will never, ever reach the top echelon of the Grand Slam. So they... They just want to win every tour event that's going around. And you'll notice whoever lifts the trophies this year, you'll see what it means to them. Someone who snuck back into the country um, with not to, as much media around them as he was last year is, is Djokovic. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of just gone been a bit hush-hush, hasn't it? Yeah, he's flown right under the radar. It's a complete contrast, I've got to say. 
to all the hellabaloo uh, last year and the fiasco around um, around Novak. But look, he has slipped in. We believe he's probably going to talk to the media uh, today here in Australia just to give some sort of um, uh, comment as to how he's uh, seen his arrival back here and the reception that he might get. I mean, he wants to get on with just playing tennis. He was out practising in Adelaide for a good couple of hours in the hot sun yesterday. He looks cherry ripe physically. Uh, he's looking to play a full calendar in 2023. I still think of him really as the world number one, um, nine-time champion at Melbourne Park. I mean, he's played his best tennis in Melbourne. So the fan reception will be interesting. I'm sure there'll be a pocket. But this has sort of gone with Djokovic, regardless of COVID. He's never warmed everyone in mm. his corner mm. uh, wherever he's gone around the globe. But he has such a fanatical Serbian uh, base who often uh, drown out those who mightn't uh, like uh, Novak. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hear from him later today. And he'll play Adelaide, which is a, yeah, a huge draw card for uh, uh, a tournament that is growing and growing. Well, Brett, we greatly appreciate your uh, your time on the show this morning. Uh, appreciate that it's a very busy time. Do you, do you get a break at all over the Christmas, New Year's period? No, no, not <laughs> at all. No, well, tennis doesn't afford you any break. This is the uh, issue. I love covering the sport, but there is <laughs> there's very little downtime. But hey, just before I go, mm. I, our first serve uh, tennis show, uh, from my understanding, is going to make its debut on SENZ. Uh, through 2023 every Monday night for a, a couple of hours. So for those who love their tennis, uh, yeah, look forward to bringing that uh, right across uh, the North and South Island uh, on the SENZ. So we've been going about 15 years covering the world of tennis and we're going to uh, have a New Zealand audience, which is going to be great. Well, we look forward to listening to it as well. As I mentioned, thanks very much for your time this morning, Brett Phillips. Um, and you can catch him on First Serve from 2023 onwards. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your summer. Thank you, guys. Talk soon. Brilliant as always to talk to him, Mitch, isn't it? Doesn't he just, um, he's tremendous. He knows everything about tennis. Well, the knowledge, eh? Oh. Makes, makes our job easy. Oh, does it what? Um, that's why we get the experts on, because uh, we are not. Um, but uh, it's been a great show thus far. We're going to take a quick air break. We'll be right back.